Sex workers' rights are human rights. Today we are celebrating the incredible strength and diversity of sex workers. Sex work is real work. Sex work is not sex trafficking and it's harmful when you confuse the two. Sex workers are skilled professionals selling a unique service, not their bodies. Sex work is the negotiation and transaction of consensual sexualized services. But society seems to have a hard time with the concept of capitalizing from sex. Sex workers' rights are human rights. Sex workers are all ages. Men, women, gay, lesbian, trans and non-binary. Husbands, wives, partners, mums, dads, sisters, brothers, university students, lawyers and designers. Sex workers are everyday people. They deserve the same legal rights and protection afforded to the rest of society. The current regulation of sex work in Victoria isn't equitable. It strips sex workers' capacity to negotiate safe work and access to health services. Research indicates that full decriminalisation is the best model to support sex workers' health, safety and human rights. Decriminalisation starts from the understanding that sex work is real work. Decriminalisation treats sex work like any other labour trade under regular employment laws. Decriminalisation reduces violence. Decriminalisation dismantles stigma. Decriminalisation dissolves barriers. Decriminalisation helps sex workers be seen as people. Not as a job, a bad choice or a victim. More than 20,000 people in Australia are sex workers. I want to live in a society that celebrates the diversity of all human beings. Sex workers' rights are human rights. You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in to 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful, this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex work radio show. Today, I actually have a really, really special guest. Her name is Marianne Phoenix. She is a former sex worker and a political activist um, from the 80s. Um, she also one of the founding members of the Prostitute Collective, um, of Victoria, a peer support organization of sex workers set up in 1984. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for making time to come on our show. Um, can you tell um, the listeners um, who you are, what you've done and still doing, maybe? Well, you uh, gave a bit of my intro. I'm mm. a former sex worker and a, a 
political activist around the sex industry. I'm one of the founding members of the Prostitutes Collective of Victoria, which was a peer support organisation set up for sex workers in the 80s, early 80s. Mm. We negotiated state funding for the Prostitutes Collective of Victoria to provide peer education to sex workers, a drop-in centre and the first needle exchange in St Kilda Mm. at the onset of the AIDS pandemic. Um, I was also a member of the Victorian State Government Prostitution Advisory Committee, convened as a, as a requirement of the legalisation of the sex industry in Victoria in 1984. Uh, that committee no longer exists. Okay. Um, and then uh, I was employed by the Australian Liquor, Hospitality and Miscellaneous Workers Union to organise the Victorian sex industry. And I believe it was the first trade union in the world to represent and accept sex workers as members in 1994. Um, we successfully supported many sex workers in unfair dismissal claims in the Industrial Relations Commission. And I've on and off throughout the years done lots of political activism and mm. um, I'm particularly um, excited that uh, there's the bill for decriminalisation that's been put up in the Victorian state government. So... Thank you to Fiona Patton and the Reason Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had Fiona Patton last week uh, with Matthew Isvar on, on the show. And, yeah, she said we need to celebrate on the 10th of May where that is the real celebration. It's going to be for the decriminalization in Victoria. Um, you seems to be doing a lot in the 80s, isn't it? I mean, um, and and you have achieved something as well. And can you tell me a bit more of why are you so passionate about this? I think because my experience in the working in the sex industry was quite a positive one. Um, way back in the 70s and 80s, um, I worked in a very small brothel mm-hmm. um, run by women. And um, it to me, it, it just showed that with good working conditions and the ideal situation. Working in the sex industry, it it wasn't that bad. Um, And for some reason, I didn't feel guilty about um, uh, providing sex to clients. Um, I didn't have a conscious about, you know, what I was doing was dirty or disgusting. And and then um, in Melbourne in the late 70s and early 80s, there were many, many brothels in in Melbourne. They are all illegal. Uh, what, what do you mean by illegal? That it was illegal to, like, off, to offer sex for money. Okay, so people operate these brothels from like home or 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 they'd rent big buildings. Oh. There was there was some huge buildings in um, in St Kilda Road, Queens right. Road, um, Swanson Street, um, all throughout Melbourne, plus small brothels. Okay, um, and obviously the bigger brothels were usually run by. Uh, predominantly by men, okay, and um, and it was it was allowed it was allowed to exist. Oh, um, but obviously there were people that complained, and uh, the government then decided to initially do an inquiry, the uh, Marsha Neve inquiry into prostitution, right. and at, as the result of that, one of the, some of the recommendations were adopted, and, and one of them was to decriminalise. Um, prostitution, mm-hmm. as it was called then, yeah. um, in the in brothels, and you had to get a permit to run a brothel, right. and and also if you wanted to do escort work, you also had to get a permit. You had to register, um, that sort of thing. So, um, 
And a very close friend of mine, Cheryl Overs, was the uh, sex worker um, representative on mm. the Martian Eve inquiry. And... And I was all around there. I spoke to Marsha Neve. She came and visited us in our little brothel and spoke to her about what the ideal conditions were and all the issues around yeah. working in yeah. the sex industry. I mean, it's like any industry that's unregulated. Yeah. Um, it's fraught with, you know, yeah. health and safety issues, yeah. workers' issues, <laughs> um, exploitation, all mm, that sort of thing. I think we still... Well, this is from my experience, um, maybe in the early 2000s, still going exploitation, um, um, all this um, sexual health in brothels. Uh, and yeah, I think it's still, still happening, even though it's legal now. I think it's because there's also society stigma about working in the sex industry. Mm. Um, and that sort of uh, leads into a little bit of the feminist thing of, you know, um, if, if you work in the sex industry and you're feeling you've got good working conditions and you don't have any too many kind of uh, guilt about working, yeah. it's providing a service, it's a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, it, for men that's a bit that that empowers women and I don't think men like that. Mm. So that was sort of like the very early feminist right. cha- or change to feminism, um, and I could totally get that. They still don't like it. Yeah. Anyway, so so. Now. <laughs> 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 we're still we're still fighting yeah. for our rights, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so that time when all these brothels are operating, right? Um, how you said it's illegal, but it's not. Uh, it's, it is illegal, but it's still legal, s- some sort. Well, not no, not really. It just existed. Okay. And and peop- and, uh, and the how, police would yeah. turn a blind eye. Okay, that, okay. that's why I'm trying and, um, getting at yeah, like, how um, the authorities come about. It, there was just so many brothels just flourishing in Melbourne, and um, well, they didn't completely turn a blind eye. For example. Where I worked, um, we had an, you know, an arrangement with the police. They would come fairly regularly and, mm-hmm. and find someone. You could use any name that you chose. Yeah. Um, it would go to a magistrate's court and you'd have a fine and you know, you'd pay it. And then uh, you do it all over again. Yeah. Okay. You just, you just keep, you just keep working. Sex workers are survivors. <laughs> yeah, I always absolutely. say that. Yeah, right? Yeah. We always find yeah. our ways to just to make yeah. that money. But of course you had, you know, it was, Rife on the streets, St Kilda. Mm. You know, you mm. you could go down Gray Street, Fitzroy Street, St Kilda Road, Greve mm. Street. Um, and there were sex workers, and they were sort of the ones that were really at risk. Okay. You know, because there was no, you know, like anyone standing on a street corner, yeah, yeah. Um, you're really very vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And um, the law didn't cover. Th- it still made working on the streets illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why um, decrim will change a lot for the uh, street-based sex workers. I mean, um, they were at least being protected by the authorities. If if they there are existing laws that do protect women from assault and, and yes. that sort of thing, um, I still think. There's that stigma about working in oh, the sex industry, you know. It, it certainly has changed. I mean, mm. we advocated for decriminalisation back in the 70s and 80s, and that's what's that, uh, a long time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now it's, it's happening, and I'm hoping that it, it will improve the co- working conditions for a lot of, a lot of workers. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So, being an activist, so did, did you were there protests um, back in the eighties, seventies, eighties? There were more. Yes, there was. Okay. Um, but with the AIDS pandemic, yeah, that brought a lot. That was. I mean, a lot of people then said, you know, prostitutes would, you know, pass on AIDS and that sort of thing. But I. Th- yeah. I mean, that was all kind of again blown completely out of. Out of the out of the water, basically, yeah, of course, of course. because sex workers are like um, uh, a construction worker mm. um, who wears a hard hat and hard hat and safety boots. Sex workers use condoms, and mm. they were even back then. Um, it was just kind of like a, a, a protection. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. So, um, the HIV and AIDS was, um, was, we were going through the AIDS and, and HIV pandemic at the time. Um, you know, um, it, it was stigmatized as a gay, um, disease. And till now, still, some of the mm. people still think it was a gay disease. So, um, was that even true in the 80s? I mean, um, even, like you said, sex workers um, was being stigmatized with with AIDS and HIV too. So, why why is this happening? Well, because sex workers have lots of sex. Okay. So, so therefore, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> what, what, what's what's the difference between people picking up um, some chicks or or a guy in nothing, a club? And nothing. It, right. It's, it's nothing, nothing. Nothing. There's no difference. No. I mean, our sex workers always yeah. know the risk that they are taking. And uh, compared to some of these people who are judging others, they they think um, they couldn't get any disease or any, any bacteria infection from non-sex workers. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it pisses me off. I know. To be honest. Yeah. So and and people love to target sex workers as yeah. being you know trafficked and you know at risk and forced mm-hmm. into the industry that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I mean, yes, it does happen, but not so much in in yeah. Australia. And you were uh, a big advocate for the HIV and AIDS uh, um, uh, movement at yes. the time. And what what did you do? How, how do you get involved in it? I mean, what changes have you made? Well, the PCV received a, a, a money to provide um, peer education to people in the sex industry and also the needle exchange in St Kilda. So mm. that gave us an avenue to go out Is there. Is that the one on Grey Street? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, so um, it's been there for ages then? Well, no, it's not there anymore. All right. No, okay. no. So it's a different it's, yeah. one then. So okay. it was a little, little shop front that we rented in Grey Street and um, we were able to um, do a bit of p- p- political activism to people in the sex industry. Yeah. Um, Obviously, push condom use. Okay. Um, because there is, there was, there is, and I, and I imagine it's there still is pressure for sex workers not to use condoms. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, uh, like I said before, you know, a condom is like a hard hat. Yeah. Hard, yeah, yeah. hard, hard hat to a sex worker. Of course. Um, and that kind of melded in with the AIDS pandemic, the discrimination yeah. against particularly Correct. gay gay people. Yes. Um, and there were demonstrations when certain things came up in the media. Yeah. Um, there was an organisation called ACT UP that was very big worldwide. Mm. Um, they did lots of demonstrations. And um, there were transsexuals. I can remember a few transsexuals that were targeted. Oh. Um, as being at high risk, and um, there was one particular person that was virtually locked up. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Because she was considered risk, high risk by the police, taken off the streets. Right. Um, so there was, you know, demonstrations around that sort of thing. I right. can remember going um, at the front of the, the state theatre and, uh, you know, placards, that sort of thing, yeah, yeah, marching yeah. in the yeah, street. Yeah. Um, I love a good demo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, we have come a long way with this um, medication for yes. the HIV and yes. AIDS. Um, there's also PrEP, which I'm on at, um, been on for about a few years now, uh, which prevent you from getting HIV. Um, yeah, like I say, it's come a long way because, you know, I'm been, I always been curious. I always do research about the HIV and AIDS because growing up and transitioning in Singapore, I've met a couple of trans women who are also sex workers and they have contracted HIV, but they were working abroad. And one of them actually was, um, uh, was raped by father and son with a gunpoint on mm. her head in Germany. And that's where she contracted HIV. Mm. But you know what? She's still alive till now. Mm. You know, she's, yeah. So, um, yeah, that time it just, it's, it, yeah, that's why I always been curious about to know more about this disease, why there's a lot of stigma because it's not about just sex. Some people got HIV through blood or, like I said, one of my girlfriend was being raped in Germany. She didn't ask for it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this, this, this stigma. I think everything needs to stop with people putting stigma on everything. Definitely, yes. Um, and, you know, thanks to, to science, there's um, medication that people with mm. HIV can take and um, live a long yeah, a very long, yeah. healthy life. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's great news. Um, so it was it was interesting to be involved in the the AIDS pandemic. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a deja vu now mm-hmm. with with the pandemic at the moment. Oh yes, <laughs> I, exactly. I didn't get the experience because I was born in the eighties, so I was still a baby. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I was watching this um, TV series called Pose. It's about trans women, and they played um, this this series uh, back in the eighties where trans people and gay people and sex workers are dying from AIDS, where they can't even get any. Um, help or, or or they even actually they're actually um trying to figure out what medication is good for them so mm. they was they were considered like the guinea pigs they will try medicate uh, mm. all the me- medicine on them it brought me to tears because mm. i know about this but i didn't have an, i can't vision it until i saw that series oh my goodness this is what the peop- the world was going through mm. with aids and hiv so you are a very well-traveled um, um, sex workers. Um, um, you travel places. Can you can you tell me maybe a couple of um, country that you you work and you actually enjoy? I think the most memorable one is um, is working in the windows in Amsterdam. I was actually at an AIDS conference, okay, and um, and of course got the opportunity to work in one of those windows where you sit there and. Uh, clients walk past and um, you negotiate with them and and do you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay I won't go into detail well um, you can go into details but you don't mind <laughs> anyway I guess it was because they're so famous yeah and I actually liked the fact that you could choose. I really felt like a self-employed sex worker mm-hmm. as opposed to in Victoria where. Um, 
you are told when the shifts you can work, um, what the service, what the price is, all that sort of thing. Whereas in Amsterdam, you just said, I'm going to, I'm going to rent that that yeah. window yeah. for a particular time on yeah. certain days and you negotiate the price with the client and um, just pay a rent, yeah. your rent for the, the room. room. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and um, I think the other, uh, the other really memorable experience was working on the streets in Portugal. Oh, I went wow. to Portugal okay. for a holiday yeah. and I thought, why not go down where the sex workers? I've always sort of drawn to where se- the sex worker yeah. area was, particularly yeah. um, in the 80s, um, because I was, you know, very involved in the industry and worked in the industry. So um, I went down to the particular area in, in, in Lisbon where the sex workers wor- worked, and um, they were very welcoming. I mean, I was more okay. competition. I. I, uh, so it was on the streets. There were masses of sex workers there. So there's no jealousy whatsoever. No, no, oh, they welcome. Okay. They really. Wow. There's a there's a lovely comradeship between sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably pro- that's probably because of you know being a stigmatized industry. You mm. sort of you can meet a, usually meet sex workers anywhere in the world, and they'll yeah. welcome you with open arms. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so I worked there. They showed me the room to take the clients to. Yeah. Um, and I always remember when the police came, they said, quick, move, move, mm-hmm, walk, mm-hmm. walk, walk with us. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a different experience. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, growing up, I, list, I, I hear a lot of um, stories about working um, on the street in Europe. You actually need a pimp. That's oh, that, maybe, maybe. Okay. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. because... So, yeah, I, I mean, that, that, that's possible I, in a lot of countries, yes. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, I'm just quite sure that in some cases that happens in, even in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you're living the dream. I always wanted to be a window girl in Amsterdam. I've been there. <laughs> Um, and I have a few friends who actually live in Amsterdam and have worked in um, at the window uh, as a window girl, and it's so glamorous. I mean, that was part of yeah, it's a dream. <laughs> yes, yeah, your dream yeah. came true. Yeah. But the problem is, at that time, I th- um, we need papers um, yeah. to to be able to work there. But I think at your time, you no. don't really need anything. No, didn't need anything. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Times have changed. Jealous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah that is yeah, it was it was so popular, it's so famous around the world. Everybody's talking about it, and being as being as a window girl model there, um, people look up to you. You're like a celebrity there, yeah. right? Yeah. They even beat on you. I saw the beating happening. Like yeah. these guys are beating, and then the girls just like point at yeah. guys like, okay, you, and then Power you come to up. the sex worker, right? Oh my <laughs> so god! Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm so jealous. <laughs> So um, let's talk back uh, about the brothels. Um, so when the brothel go legal, right? It was legalized in Victoria. Um, do you see any changes, like even like the work uh, environment? Is is it uh, better? Yes, and well, it meant that you could work legally if mm. you worked in a legal brothel. Um, it meant that the number of brothels in Melbourne was reduced, and okay. the, peop- the only people that could get permits for brothels were people with money. Right. Uh, usually men, yeah, um, mm. and they then had a lot of power over the workers. They basically could put the conditions, um, and and the and the price. They dictated the prices, what you wore, the hours of work, all that sort of thing. So mm. basically, 
Yes, it was. It meant that you know your brothel was nice and clean and safe and that sort of thing, and you weren't going yeah. to get get uh, pinched by the police. But you, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that sort of instigate. And of course, I worked in that environment. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you found a good brothel run by um, good owners, yeah. and there were there were a lot also run by women. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite a reason, you know, quite yeah. a reasonable working environment. But I used to sit there and think, this is we're we're actually employees. Mm. We're not subcontractors as they used to like us like to think that we were. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I started campaigning for uh, workers' rights. Yeah. And went to a number of unions, and finally. Uh, the the um, Australian Liquor Hospitality Miscellaneous Workers Union accepted to take on sex workers as yeah. as members and support them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was really exciting. Mm. And I believe that was the first in the world where a trade union has accepted right. sex workers as members. Um, it cost me my job. Yeah. Um, oh. But I took the owner to the Industrial Relations Commission for unfair dismissal. Wow. Good on you. Um, and, <laughs> and which, you know, that means you have an employee-employee relationship. Yeah. Um, the brothel owners were terrified, mm. absolutely terrified of this movement because it meant that they would have to pay um, work cover, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, all those sort of working conditions that people get when they're employees. Yeah, yeah, Sick yeah. pay, holiday pay, yeah. all that sort of thing. Um, and they were particularly annoyed. Yeah. You know, a lot of workers, they don't even know their own rights working in a brothel. I was one of them. I wish I knew you before I start <laughs> working in a brothel. Because there's a lot of things are not right working in a brothel environment yeah, sometimes. Yeah. That's why sometimes I go back and then I... And I stopped working because sometimes you're being a lot of money from um, the receptionist. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes you're being forced to uh, do a job that you don't want to do. And yeah. because I don't know my rights, if I know my rights, I could have said something. Yeah, it's sometimes it's hard though. It's, yeah. about, it's like working for any employer that exploits its workers. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know, it's exactly the same, which it you know just I, basically says that working in the sex industry is a job. Yeah. And you deserve to have the, the same rights as anyone else in the workplace. It's true. I mean, um, I always see myself like putting someone, myself into someone's shoes. Like if that person is, don't want to do the job, that means there must be something wrong with mm, that person, mm. that clientele, or maybe she's just not up for it. Mm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I still think a lot of sex workers still don't know their rights until um, now. I think, I think this is something that we need to... Uh, reach out to workers. I mean, we need to have like a campaign or something to tell that sex workers have their rights, uh, especially working in a brothel. Yes. You need to get, it usually takes people a lot of time and dedication Mm. um, and they do it for the love of it. Um, I mean, most of my political work that I did um, in the the 80s and the 90s was 
all for free. Yeah. You know, I just did it because I believed in something. I was proud of the industry that I worked in. I could see that people mm. were getting exploited. Yeah. And it was just something that was very dear to my heart, and it still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it still is. Yeah, um, I saw that. I read that on um, yeah. the article that you were on at Marie Claire in 1996 or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I wish I've read this before because... There's a lot of things happening and still happening in the brothel as yeah. well. Um, um, and it's, this is something that I would love to get involved. I want uh, sex workers to know their their rights being working in a brothel. Not many of them know. I think we need to have like posters, um, compulsory having posters of sex workers' rights in every brothel. I think something is something that I want. I think, though, you have to define that they are employees mm. and brothel owners won't like that. Decriminalisation will certainly help that because it yes. means that workers have got access to other laws around employment laws. Yeah. Um, and once, once, yeah, workers realise that they can access those laws and use those, then I think that will, ha- that will yeah, certainly will, help. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely um, my personal experience, and I know a lot of my friends are still going through this, and um, I would like to do something about it. Like, like you, you have done something, and this is my time to do something for my peers, I yes, guess. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, even having a radio show like this is great. It, yeah. You know, just getting, getting the word out that you mm. know, there are people there that are advocating on behalf of sex workers, and... Um, and supporting each other mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I think you just need to tap into e- every resource that's available. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but I think I, I wouldn't underestimate sex workers. There's also a lot of people in the general workforce who don't know their rights. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, but I guess um, it's some. I, at least something that I can do now. I'm an yeah. advocate now. I'm an activist now, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Go so girl. I, yeah, so I would <laughs> love to do something like this because I know a lot of sex workers doesn't know their rights. Yeah. I didn't even know my rights until I got into BCD, until we in- interviewed somebody. And I said, like, the sex workers have their rights? He said, yeah. I said, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I've been bullied all the time in there <laughs> and I've been doing jobs that I didn't want to do and um, I thought, you know, because if I don't do the job, I will lose all my work being in the brothel and just going to waste my time. That's how I see it usually. And being as taught for money from the receptionist yeah. and we actually talked, uh, brought this issue to the owner of the brothel and brothel owner just didn't do anything about it. You have to strike. Yeah, good old strike. Yeah, good old strike. Yeah. <laughs> How workers got their rights many, many years ago? What did they do? Yeah. Walk the streets, went on strikes. I know. Stop Mar- work. Marianne, you're <laughs> such an inspiration. I'm, I'm just having goosebumps at the moment. <laughs> I want to do more. Um, Marianne, so, you know, International Women's Day, uh, which fall on Tuesday, 8th of March. Um, and what International Women's Day means to you? It means, I get, oh, you've put me on the spot here. <laughs> it's about it, women empowerment. It's about women, yeah. yeah it's about women being recognised for who they are in society. Um, that, yeah, women deserve to be treated equally yeah. in, the, in the community. Um, and, yeah, we should celebrate uh, who we are mm. and, um, and, yeah, stand up for ourselves. Being treated equal, I think, or equal as a woman. Yes. 
It's a celebration yeah. for yeah. Uh, all the women out there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what? International Women's Day, um, 3CR is hosting a street party, actually, on Tuesday, 8th of March, 4 to 8 p.m. Um, that will be on Little Victoria Street, Fitzroy. So um, if anyone wants to come and have a party with us, please do. Bring... I'll be there. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, so I'll... Definitely would love to see you on the 8th of March. Um, then we can have a bit of a party. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much, Marianne, for coming onto our show. Um, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I'll, I'll help you again um, uh, on our show. Absolutely. We'd love to. And thank you for having me, Sasha. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.